nine years ago. Um, and we both care so deeply about um, everybody in this church, everyone in this room um, and everyone who's yet to join us in this room. It is our heart for all you people. And thankfully, God has an even bigger heart and God loves every single person here and he wants to get to know everybody here more. So we have uh, that mission statement that we are here to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. And on the welcome team, we're often the first people um, a new person might meet. We're there specifically looking out for people, but we want to pay our part in that. We want to help people be at ease so they can come in and know God here. We want to help people be at ease so they can actually find the freedom of that Christian life. Um, and we want them to discover their individual purpose and go and make a difference. And so we take our role quite seriously within that. So meet my lovely team. I haven't prepped you guys, but if you're on the welcome team, do you mind standing up? Thank you. There's 28 people who serve. Thank you all. You can sit down now. Thank you. I have an amazing team of 28 people who come on a Sunday, whether on rota or not on rota, and they come to look out for new people, look out for people who need that extra chat. And so I've got a brilliant team, and I'm very blessed to have them. Over the last year, we have an average seven first-time adults with us each Sunday. And last Sunday, we had 12 first-time adults. So we're a busy team, and we're going that extra mile to try and help those people amongst us. So what do we do? We intentionally look out for new people. That's what we do first and foremost. We strive to help people feel at ease amongst us, and we try and help connect people into the church body. My heart is that we will be a church that um, helps people come in to find out about Jesus. There'll be people in this room that have come and joined us and you're on a journey to discovering Jesus for yourself. You are so welcome here and we want to help you on that journey. There are also people here in the room that maybe have had a period of time away from church. There's no judgment here. We want to welcome you back. We want to help you on that journey again to come and reconnect with God. And we want to welcome fellow Christians who have relocated, maybe from overseas, maybe just down the road. We want to extend our welcome to you all. So what do we do? So we've got this little QR code. All the welcome team will be wearing one of these. Um, once we've got to know someone, if we want to help them connect in with us, we'll ask them to scan this. There's one out in the um, welcome area as well. This links to our connect form. People can pop in their details and then indicate on there things that they want from us. So maybe they want to find out more about small groups, about kids' work. And this is the first step in trying to help them from coming from a Sunday morning to them being part of us as a church. If they tick small groups, then an email will go to someone in the church office that organises that, and then they'll be invited to a small group. Um, so that's the basic way that we gather those information. Following on from that, we as a whole church then try and um, include new people in our community here. One of the main ways we do that as a couple is, as Adrian said, we do a welcome lunch once a month. So if someone's given their details and they want to connect in with us, they get to come around and have a sometimes chaotic lunch with me and my family. Um, it's busy. There's 30 people plus each Sunday. Um, and it's a great time where we try and invite people who are part of the church already and new people and try to help integrate them. My hope and dreams for the coming year is that we continue to go that extra mile for people who are coming in on a Sunday, that we are a welcoming place. 
and that we, no matter whether in the welcome team or just in the church, we continue to go that extra mile to help people on that journey um, and come and make a difference. And we really want to build that community, hopefully over this next year, build a community of our church and see lives really transformed. Thank you so much, Vicky. And I hope that you are encouraged to hear over the past 12 months, we've had an average of seven first-time adult visitors on a Sunday. So last Sunday we had 12, but if you think every Sunday there are seven people who come here to this meeting who have never ever been here ever before to our church, that's really quite a big deal. And so these guys have done an amazing job, don't you think, integrating so many people and helping so many people find their place. That's why there are so few empty seats, hey? So I hope, look, we are a church that has a vision statement that we want to be a growing church. I think we've already seen we are a growing church. So these guys have done a great job, and I hope you're encouraged. I'm going to introduce Mike Craig in a second. One of the things I love about our church is that we're not just running a gathering here on a Sunday, but we're also seeking to connect with people who at the moment perhaps don't attend a Christian church on a Sunday and so we need to do something to connect with people outside of the walls of the church. One of the things we do as a church is we run an outstanding football team. Uh, and so Mike Craig has done an outstanding and excellent job running this ministry for many years. I am so impressed. He is the Sir Alex Ferguson of church football. I think... If you're new to the church, you'll be genuinely shocked at how successful this team is, how successful this ministry is. Mike is committed to excellence and has led our church brilliantly through this ministry. Would you put your hands together and welcome the gaffer, the gaffer, Mike Craig. Thank you, Adrian. First thing I must point out is that football is a team sport. Uh, it's not an individual pursuit. And uh, there are many, many people involved, uh, hundreds of people connected into this community. Um, so I've got some headlines up here uh, about our football team, your football team. And that's just an important point to emphasize, your football team. Um, 13 seasons ago, Tina and I started this football team. Um, our passion was that we would give a platform that makes Christianity inclusive for people, particularly young men, who maybe wouldn't have any other reason to connect into the Christian church. Uh, and I'm delighted to say that we really have formed a community uh, since we first started in 2011. So... Uh, we're 13 seasons in. Uh, for seven seasons, we played in the Southern Area Christian Football League. And that gave us a, a, a geography around um, the kind of M25 just inside, playing teams from Walton and Shepparton and Twickenham and Richmond and teams like that. For five of those seven seasons, we actually ran a B team as well. So we had two teams on the go on any one Saturday. Uh, and at that point... Tina would be going with the Bs and I would look after the As, and we'd be connected into each other in terms of how it was going and results, etc., etc. Um, we moved into the Thames Valley Churches Football League 
um, after uh, the Southern Area chapter. And we're now in our sixth season uh, with the Thames Valley League and our football is now more Reading-centric as a result of that. Also each year, uh, or many years I should say, we uh, enter the National Christian Cup. Uh, and that competition has take us, taken us to far-flung places such as uh, Kent and Cardiff and Norwich and Coventry. Uh, and we even reached a, a, a National Christian Cup final with our B team. And uh, we played a final at Macclesfield Town uh, against a team from Liverpool. Uh, our matches typically these days are Saturday morning. We train every week. Uh, on a Thursday evening uh, and I will just emphasize we train every week uh, that goes on through the summer uh, and it's a very open and inclusive uh, group um, I would just like to um, we've we've done quite well I'll, I'll just let that speak for itself Just to help you identify, I've, I've got a list here, I have written it down. Some alumni for you, some legends who have graced the Beacon shirt. Uh, they include Dave Morgan, uh, Matt Booth, um, uh, Josh and Dan Leitau, uh, Will Smith, our sometimes drummer, uh, Jules, uh, a legend from the very beginning. Um, we've got a cup semi-final goalkeeping Penalty saver Ben Moran at the back there, um, Joel Evans, Mark Evans, uh, Tom Crowder, Adrian and Julia's son-in-law. Uh, we've got uh, Josh and Sam Gomesall, uh, Harry and Barney Chart, David and Shirley's grandsons, uh, Forlandreth Smiths, uh, and one of our catalysts right at the beginning was Chris Smith's grandson, Luke Smith who now owns the cabin on the A30 in Camberley, and uh, the cabin is our current shirt sponsor. So again, just rattling through, our home ground is the old Dean Wreck in Camberley. Um, we usually play park football, so look a lot like this. Very occasionally, we get to uh, go out and about, we do socials. The National Christian T Cup has taken us uh, different places, uh, and uh, we might get to play in a stadium from time to time as well when we reach cup finals. And we love cup finals because that's when we get to gather fans en masse and have a, a really exciting time. Um, this was one of our um, most notable ventures. We took a team to Kenya in 2013. We played an international friendly and there was a little bit of kind of mission work and community work involved in that. Um, the main thing I wanted to say is, you know, a sermon has three points and it's really good if you can get the alliteration in. Um, the retained, we have players who have been with us, you know, 10 years or so is probably about an average term. The retired, those that go on and do other things, uh, but stay connected, come and watch us. Um, and the returned, those who have endeavoured into other chapters of life, but come back to us. And that's a real joy and a real delight. Uh, we have a, you know, a, a partner community. We have parents come and watch. We have dogs that come and watch. Um, so we are connected in, in so many ways. It really is a, a joy and an honour to be a part of it. So this is a, a brief summary of the, the reach and the power and the impact of your football team. Thank you so much, Mike.
During lockdown, during COVID, uh, Judy and I were in this weird situation where we'd moved here to lead the church, but we hadn't met anyone because we weren't allowed to. It was against the law to meet people. And we did a Zoom call one night with a couple, and they brought a life and a joy and a presence and an energy into our living room, even though we were meeting them on Zoom. And I want to introduce one of the people we met that night, Stacey Meredith, to you. You know Stacey anyway because she leads worship in our church and she serves in our uh, youth. She serves with our young adults ministry. And I want to mention one particular thing. Uh, of all the events that we've done over the three years that uh, I've been here, uh, the event where I've had the most positive feedback, literally people coming up to me, stopping me and saying, you have to understand how good the Women's Day was. And then they'll tell me, because obviously I wasn't there. But we had so much positive feedback uh, from the Women's Day. And Stacey has done a great job in championing our women's ministry. I'd like you to welcome, put your hands together and welcome now Stacey Meredith. Good morning, everyone. As Adrian said, my name is Stacey, and I have the privilege of leading the women's ministry here at the Beacon Church. So if you've been around for the last couple of years, you may have come to one of our Women's Days called Delighted back in 2022, where we had 66 women join us. And then last year, we had our Women's Day Fill My Cup, which we saw 83 women come along. So God is growing this ministry, and I'm really passionate to be a part of it. So um, I'm going to talk to you a bit today about the vision that I believe for in the women's ministry. So after our last Women's Day, I was really seeking God's direction over the vision for this ministry and where he wants to lead us as women of this church. And I truly believe that I want it to be filled with people from all backgrounds and all ages and that it can be a place where we unite together as sisters in Christ. I want it to be a place where fear dies but faith grows where peace fills but anxiety fades and where rest and energy can be found when we come together. We will have dedicated worship nights purely for women and part of this has come off the back of our women's days where we've received feedback that actually sometimes that time can feel quite rushed as we're trying to cram so much in so we really want to have some nights dedicated for women to just come and receive and be filled with God's presence. We also want to introduce roundtable discussions with there being so many wonderful women in our church that we can share on our Facebook groups where you can share your own life experiences of walking with Jesus and encourage one another and build one another up. So that's what's to come. And then the scripture that we're really holding on to in this season, I feel God directed us to is Proverbs 31 verse 18, which says her lamp burns late into the night and that we should be encouraging one another to keep our lamp burning when darkness comes. And that like the parable of the lamp, that it shouldn't be hidden, but it should be out for all to see, that we should shine our lives for Christ throughout and so I'm excited to share with you this today, the debut of our promo video for our event this year. So turn your eyes to the screen. Her lamp burns. Oh, how it shines. She who carries grace and strength in a world that tries to define what a woman is. She stands firm in her faith, unwavering. Warriors of light, you are mothers, daughters, sisters, 
and friends. Let her life be a testament of praise, as her lamp burns late into the night. So women, we have got our 2024 day coming up. It's exciting. I'm excited. It's called Her Lamp Burns based on that scripture. It's going to be the information will appear on the screen. And we don't just have one date for you, but we've got two dates this year. We start kicking our conference off on Friday night at 7 p.m. running to 10 p.m. And then we'll be rejoining on Saturday morning, the 22nd of June at 9 a.m. and finishing with lunch all together at 12.30. So I really hope you can join. If we pop the slide up on the screen, you'll be able to get out your phone all women in the church now and give it a scan and you can sign up um, we've got an amazing guest speaker coming down from Soul Church in Norwich Rachel Rachel Morstan who is there and we also have Sarah Tabo who is a UK Christian artist coming to lead us in our worship time as well as Gabriel R um, part of Commission Collective who you may have seen at Commission Festival this year so we have amazing amount of people coming to help us this year and make our conference even bigger and better uh, the ticket price there includes uh, access to both days as well as all your food and drink and I really want to encourage you to invite your friends and family as well to come and hear about Jesus. Thank you so much for your time and I hope to see you at Women's Day. Thank you so much Stacey, that was absolutely fantastic. Um, before uh, Julia and I moved here, one of the things I did in the past was travel around doing itinerant preaching, sharing the good news about Jesus around the UK. And one of the places I went to quite a lot was Edinburgh. And uh, that's where John and Lucy Simpson were based. And then subsequently, when we moved here, we discovered that they had moved to Farnham and that they had joined, well, they started coming along here on a Sunday morning. So John is the chairman of our trustees. Uh, you may or may not be familiar with the trustees of any charity, what their role is. But I do want to encourage you, particularly if you're new to the church, that you really are in a church where there's a very safe pair of hands captaining the side and chairing our trustee team. So John brings a real uh, sense of seniority and experience, and I'm so delighted that he's our chair of trustees. I'd like you to meet him in case you don't know who he is. I'd also like to learn who the trustees are, because these guys carry the legal and financial responsibility for our charity and for our church. So why don't you put your hands together and welcome John Simpson as he comes to speak to us. Thank you, John. Right. Well, good morning. Uh, as Adrian says, I'm John, uh, and I have uh, what is an absolute privilege to uh, chair uh, the trustees here at our church. And uh, I expect probably quite a few of you uh, don't know very much about trustees. Uh, most of what we do goes on behind the scenes. So it really is great to uh, be able to take just a couple of minutes this morning uh, to share uh, about uh, what we do as trustees and how we play our part in helping us to be uh, a growing church of 500 transforming lives and building community. So I'm going to try and answer three questions uh, this morning. Uh, the first one is, uh, who are the trustees? Uh, it's a nice easy one uh, for me to get started with. Uh, then I thought we would talk about uh, what, the, what the difference is between uh, elders and trustees uh, and why we have both uh, and try and explain that for you. Uh, and then finally, uh, I want to talk about uh, what we do as trustees and what our responsibilities are. 
Uh, so let's start with the first one, uh, which is uh, who are our trustees? And uh, I put some photos up. You may, if you're anything like me, wonder uh, whether some of us have played that uh, classic trick of putting a picture up that was about 10 years ago uh, to make ourselves look uh, to, to look younger than we really are. So I wonder if the uh, the trustees could just stand uh, and then uh, you'll see what they really look like in 2024. <laughs> so uh, as you can see, we've got uh, we've got seven trustees. Uh, the uh, trustees of the four elders. Uh, so we've got Adrian, uh, we've got Chris, we've got Tim and Drew. Uh, and then there's uh, three uh, trustees who aren't elders. That's myself, Bev and Ralph. So you, you might ask yourself, well, what, what's the difference between elders and trustees and, and why do we have both? Uh, and let me try and explain that. So biblically, uh, elders are responsible for the spiritual leadership and direction of the church. Uh, if we look in Acts 14, 23, we read about Paul and Barnabas appointing elders in each church. And then if you look in 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2, Peter calls the elders to be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. And we are so blessed, aren't we, to have four uh, incredible, gifted and anointed elders uh, who meet on a weekly basis, they plan, they pray and they oversee everything that happens in the life of our church. But we're also, as well as being a church, we're also a charity that's registered here in the UK. Uh, and so in addition to elders, we also have a board of trustees, uh, and that includes all four of the elders, but it also includes other people from the church who can bring additional skills and experience, particularly in areas like legal and finance and risk and HR. And as trustees, we meet on a quarterly basis, and our focus is on ensuring the charity is fulfilling its purpose and that we're being good stewards of the finances. So what are we responsible for as trustees? Well, this is uh, a slide that I stole from the Charity Commission, uh, which uh, sets out the six primary responsibilities that uh, any trustees of a UK charity have. And they are to comply with your charity's governing documents in the law, to ensure your charity is accountable, to act with reasonable care and skill, to ensure your charity is carrying out its purpose for public benefit, to act in your charity's best interests, and to manage your charity's resources responsibly. And you'll be glad to know I'm not going to dive into all six uh, in great depth, because uh, you may fall asleep if I was to do that. But let me just touch uh, particularly on the, the final one uh, around managing the charity's resources responsibly. Uh, and uh, we recently published our annual accounts uh, as a charity uh, to the uh, financial year ending March 2023. Uh, and let me just say we have so much as a church to be thankful for uh, around our finances. Uh, we are funded entirely from people sitting in this room. So we don't get uh, money in from, uh, from anywhere else other than the generosity of, uh, of us as a church. Uh, and I'm delighted to say that uh, as a church, we gave almost £400,000 last year uh, to support the work of the Beacon Church. And I'm even more excited to say that is 25% more uh, than the year before. So praise God. And, uh, 
And I do want to say a huge thank you as well for uh, everybody for your generosity and faithfulness in that. And that's enabled us to uh, meet in this wonderful place on a Sunday. Uh, it pays for an amazing staff team, uh, many of whom you'll uh, hear from over the next couple of weeks, uh, and to grow many of the ministry areas in the church uh, and to get excited about our vision for the future. We've just kicked off uh, the budget process uh, for, the, uh, for the year ahead. Uh, so please pray uh, that God would really stir our faith again uh, in the area of our finances so that we can continue to grow and to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. Thank you. It's because of your generosity that I was able to go in 2021 to a school car park and invite a young man to join our staff team. And since April 2021, Josh Leitao has brought drive, energy, vision, purpose, and excitement and joy into so many people's lives. He picked up a group of young people who have been locked into their own homes unable to socialize with each other. It was a tough task, but he gathered them together. He reconstituted the Beacon Church youth group. He got it going, got it flourishing, and it's growing. He's now leading a thriving young adults ministry. He's brought uh, the same kind of energy, passion, and drive to our worship team. He's an outstanding leader, and I wonder if you put your hands together and welcome Josh as he comes to speak to us. Wow. That introduction is almost better than what I was going to say. It's not set me up well. Well, guys, it was, um, as Adrian said, we met in April 2021. And in July 2021, I had the opportunity of meeting face-to-face, opening our doors as a church to our 11s to 17-year-olds. On that Friday, we had 27 young people. See, as Adrian just said, we were struggling before that to gather 11 on a Zoom call. So it was quite strange that when I started to meet everyone by name, I saw, wow, 27, that's not that bad. I was expecting worse than this. God has already blessed us and we haven't even started yet. And then a week went by and the next Friday came and we had 14. And the week after that, we had 16. And that showed me and revealed to me the reality of where we were actually at. See, The youth must have been so desperate, they were willing to do anything outside of being in their home. So whatever we were doing, yeah, I'll come, mum, yeah, take me. But following from that, we began to realize that actually they came just because it was better than maybe staying at home. They didn't come because they missed their friends, because they had been so long that maybe disconnected from. It was more like seeing strangers meeting for the first time. And what then began to happen is we began to go on a journey to try and see what God was going to do. We began to pray into this. And as we prayed, I wondered if I could ask um, our youth leaders to stand up. See, I wanted to pause for a second and just honor these guys. Youth, unlike any other ministry, is the only ministry in our church that requires every volunteer that volunteers every single week that is required. As you guys know, the things that are facing our youth in our society, the way that are being trying to brainwashed by social media and the things that are going on in the world, we as passionate Christians 
when we have the ratio of the time that they hear other things compared to the time that we invest into them, teaching them about Jesus, studying the Bible, we always come up short. But these passionate people are willing to constantly give out. And you know, we can never meet a need without sacrifice. We can never meet a need without paying the cost. And I just wanted to acknowledge it. Getting a bit emotional up in here. Just wanted to acknowledge these amazing leaders. As we continued to believe and to pray, God began to stretch our horizon. I had a dream that we would be able to host 50 young people from the 16 that we gathered, that I would see our youth ministry grow to 50 young people. That was the number that God gave me, that one day I'm going to see 50 young people. And it is with absolute awe and honor to God that I can say to you guys, three weeks ago, we had 53 young people walking through our doors. That is just to encourage you on what God is doing through the lives of the constant sacrifice of our leaders. And it is absolutely the most special. See, I don't believe there is anything more special in our life than impacting a young life. And we get to do that on a weekly basis. It is a huge honor. Alongside this, going back to July 2021, myself and my girlfriend at the time, who is now my fiance. Hello. Uh, we walked into our church and began to see a group of people who were wonderful and beautiful. That's you guys. But another thing that we saw is we didn't see a lot of people who were in our stage of life. And I began to ask, you know, I was new to this area, so I began to ask around, hey guys, um, where are your like 20-year-olds? I mean, I'm, I'm 26, I want to meet some more 20-year-olds. 20, 20 where are your 20-year-olds? And the response that I got from several people was, ah, Josh, you know what? That's the thing. This is a place that there's a lot of schools in our radius, some colleges, but as soon as people go off to uni, they turn 18, they go off to uni, they don't really come back. They go and stay in places like Cardiff or Exeter or Central London, but they don't really come back to, to, to this area. And you know, have you ever received information from someone and been like, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I have felt something in my spirit. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. See, I believe that one day I'm going to walk in through the doors of our church and I'm going to see so many young adults being part that they will be vibrant, passionate, with a purpose to follow Jesus. And it is with great pleasure that I would also like to reveal to you guys that today, we have, I don't know if you noticed, but over here to my left, we are gathered some awesome young adults that through the birth of praying into what didn't yet existed with faith, Stacey and myself were like, no Lord, you are gonna do something miraculous here. You are gonna, we are gonna see a move of God. And God began to breathe on this. God began to put his hand and now we gather regularly 16 to 22 young people between the ages of 18 to 35 regularly for Bible studies. And not only that, we got to take them to a commission young adults ministry. And we have a picture just there for you to encourage you. A couple of pictures, actually, I think I forgot to tell you. To, uh...
like, well, that's probably my bad. So this is our young adults ministry that we got to take. And if you look at just the picture before, I wanted to encourage you. I wanted you to see a visual of passionate young adults desperate to find out more about what God's word has to say. Guys, I just want to encourage you to continue to pray for us. This is not, we don't believe that God is done with us yet. We believe that the best days are yet to come and there's more young adults and young people that are yet to walk through our doors. Thank you so much. Thank you, Josh. That was tremendous. I'm going to introduce uh, Chris to come and speak to us. Just as uh, I begin to introduce Chris, maybe the band would like to come up because when Chris is finished, we're all going to stand up and worship. So the band want to come forward? And I'm going to introduce Chris. I think you already know that um, Chris McKinley is one of uh, the uh, senior leadership team here at our church. We call the Bible word for this group is elders. That's an unusual word. Perhaps you've not come across that before. So Chris is one of the elders at our church. And Chris carries an enormous range of different responsibilities. So he has a real seniority in our church. I want you to know that he's carrying a lot of leadership weight and governance in our church. And our church is much better off for the fact that Chris McKinley leads in our church. You are much better off. And uniquely, Chris McKinley is the one person who knows every single person in the room. (laughs) And that is a good thing for our church as well. So Chris has been an enormous help to me. He's been a very loyal and supportive co-leader. He's the assistant pastor of our church. He's going to talk to us about our small groups, which is absolutely crucial to us becoming a church of 500 people, uh, growing, uh, growing church, transforming lives and building community. So why don't you welcome Chris as he comes. Thank you, Adrian. Well, um, good morning, everyone. As um, so many people have reminded us this morning, as a growing church that has a heart to see lives transformed and communities built, it is essential that we are doing... um, gathering together regularly on a Sunday, but also meeting together throughout the week and building one another up. And so one way that we do this is through our small groups. Now, every week throughout this area and online, we have people meeting in homes uh, to be able to uh, encourage one another, to be able to grow together in what it means to follow Jesus and spurring one another on um, to be able to share their faith with others. And so um, I just wanted to speak a little bit about the goals that we have in our midweek small groups. You see, our groups gathering together is all about that core part of our vision is to build Build community together. Um, it, Jesus himself actually gave an instruction to his followers that they should love one another. And it was through their love and demonstration of that support and love for one another that other people would come to know that they are his followers and that they might turn to him. And so it is a, it is a core essential part of what we do as a, as a church when we meet in our small groups to build one another up and to be able to um, yeah, build that community. Our second goal in our small groups that meet midweek are to help us to mature and grow in our faith. We've already heard from our welcome team leader, Vicky, um, that, that there are people at all different stages in their journey uh, coming to the beacon. And we want to help people on that journey to be able to grow in that. The writer to the Hebrews letter, uh, in, in, uh, which is a New Testament book in the Bible, tells us that we should continue to spur one another on. 
It can be really hard at times to keep going, walking the life that Jesus has encouraged us to do. And yet every single week, um, apart from our Sundays, we have these opportunities where people come together to look to the word of God, to encourage one another to live out what we have been learning on a Sunday. And so our small groups are a key essential place where we can build each other up to look to Jesus and his example. The third key aim of our small groups is to help us to equip, uh, to be equipped to share. One of the last things that Jesus left with his followers was an instruction that they were to go and uh, share the good news that they had heard and learned from Jesus with other people making disciples. And so uh, we want to encourage people in our small groups to be able to do this. We know that sometimes it can be, feel very daunting to know how to co uh, connect what you believe with those around you who maybe are not believing it yet themselves. And so our groups are gathering to help equip you. We call it look in to build one another up, to support one another, demonstrate love to each other, pray for one another. We call it look up, look up to Jesus, look to his example and learn from him through studying uh, the Bible and look out, look out to the world around us uh, that need to know the good news of Jesus. Um, we've done a lot of this standing up, but I'd love each of our small group leaders, if you're in the room, uh, to stand up. And why don't you have a look around? Because holding up above their heads, our small group leaders are holding where they meet and when they meet. Maybe you see a group that meets in a location and on a day where you could get involved. Thank you, leaders. Let's honour these guys. Week by week, gathering people together, helping us to build community together. So my questions to us as a church are these. Have you been coming along to Beacon for some time now, but you're feeling that you'd like to get more connected with what the church is doing? You'd like to be encouraged in your walk with Jesus? Then small groups could be the place where you could get connected. Maybe you feel really passionate about God's church, God's universal church, but particularly what he's doing in and through the beacon. If that is you and you are not part of a small group, or maybe you are, but you'd like to help further the reach of these things, then I would love to encourage you to come and chat with me at the end because I'd love to discuss with you how you might be able to uh, help to lead one of our small groups in midweek. So um, if you want to find out more, you can come up to the New Here stand or the Connect stand and we can get you connected in one of our midweek small groups. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Chris. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Shall we stand together? Let's stand. What you've heard this morning represents answers to many prayers. You guys prayed for such things to happen. God has answered your prayers. And we are a growing church at the moment. I think we've got good reason to thank God. I think we've got good reason to worship him. I want to encourage you to raise your voices. Let's sing. Let's celebrate. Let's thank God for what he has done, what he will do. And if you come back next Sunday, you'll hear six more reports. Are you enjoying the build-up to Vision Sunday? It's been great. Thank you for each of you guys who've shared. It's been encouraging to hear what's happening. Let's thank God for what he's doing in our church. And let's worship Jesus. Hey, don't click off just yet. I just wanted to thank you so much for watching this message. My name is Josh. I'm part of the team here at The Beacon. And if this video has impacted you in any way, why not share it with a friend? 
You know, we exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. If you go down to the description below, you will find our attachments with all the information that you need. If you'd like to give to support us to the work that we do, then that is the place where you can do that. That's it from me. Have a great day.